Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This moon's agreeing with me. I'm friends with this moon. But you're a, you're a, you've got a Libra moon, right? I'm a Libra moon. Yeah. yeah. So it's so like, you're like oh, I know this energy because I am this energy. I, I embody this energy. It's all fine. Yeah, see, where I'm like, no. <laughs> I reject I balance. I will not feel balanced. <laughs> I fucking hate this shit. <laughs> no, I just, uh, I don't know. Yeah, anyway, all good. I'm really excited to be chatting. <laughs> Episode two of The Middle. I'm Holly Azapati. And I'm Jordana Levine. How are you feeling after last week's episode, Hol? I'm buzzing. I'm so excited. I am super grateful for all of the beautiful shares and feedback we've been receiving because I guess, well, for me, I was really uncertain as to like, are people going to like it? Are they going to resonate? But the feedback's been pretty good. Yeah. How do you feel, Joy? Uh, yeah, I feel good. It it was I don't want to say it was unexpected because I like we knew that people would enjoy it, but I felt like it was going to take us a few weeks to like find our groove and like um sort of get people to warm up to our dynamic and all that sort of stuff, but people have just been absolutely loving it. And the response that we've gotten through um you know shares on social media stuff in the facebook group private dms emails it's just been so delicious it's so delicious and we're so incredibly grateful to each and every one of you for listening and for getting it you know people are really getting what we're what we're about like why why it's even called the middle and why we're having these discussions so makes my heart really happy yeah, happy heart. Happy, happy, happy. <laughs> so talk to me, Jaws. How's your week been? What's been going on in your world? Well, it's been a weird week, Holly. Um, I have been on a deadline this week, which I've given you the blow-by-blow blow through Voxies all week. Um, mm-hmm. And <laughs> I've had a writing deadline with my publisher and I am the procrastination queen. Like I'm just... <laughs> so skilled at it that it's a bit ridiculous and then I realized this week like I've been like this my whole life right like I procrastinated all through high school and then I would just hand something in at the last minute and I'd get really high marks and oh you're one of those annoying people that can just pull an all-nighter and get a high distinction yeah and I would I'd either pull in or or you know what I'm not so great at an all-nighter I'll like get up at three o'clock in the morning to start you're kidding no because I'd rather I'd rather pull pull an all morninger (laughs) (laughs) an early bird gets the high distinction that's right so what what happened this week was I procrastinated 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 and I had what many people would call writer's block and I Mm -hmm. for me and tell me what you think Holt because I feel like you would be the same when Mm -hmm. I'm writing or doing any kind of creative pursuit a lot of the time it's 
it's a channeled energy. So yes. like if I'm blocking the path for the creativity to come through, then like with with distractions or like to-do lists or like worry or whatever it is, then it doesn't come through. Yes. But sometimes when I sit there and try and force it, that doesn't work either. So procrastination sometimes actually does help me because it distracts me a little bit. And then all of a sudden the creativity starts to flow through. So like I've oxyed you a few times this week and I'm like, I've gone to get my nails done. And then, <laughs> I'm pulling my tarot cards. <laughs> yeah. And then I'd be sitting there with foil on my nails and I can't touch my phone. And then I'd get this like wave of like words and I'm like, oh Download. shit, how am I going to write this down? And so I sat there repeating the paragraph over and over and over again in my head until, <laughs> until I could type again. But yeah, that's been my week. And then it all came through in the end, so it was fine. I really relate to that as procrastination being part of the process, but I don't even know. I'm going to give you a little bit of like a free pass to get out of this procrastination talk. Maybe it's not procrastination. Maybe it's creating that spaciousness and that flow state because when we're in flow, I find that's when I do feel more inspired and when the channeled creative process is clear. So when you, you know, going to get your nails done and pulling cards and doing things that had absolutely nothing to do with the writing process, you were allowed that channel to open because you're in a state of flow yeah no I completely agree with you I think it just gets tricky when you're on someone else's deadline do you know totally and I've and I've never had to write I mean it's coming but I've never had to write to a deadline like that before and there is a big question mark in my mind of oh how am I going to manage that like I genuinely don't know how I will do it yes but it uh, and I don't know if it's going to be like this for you but I realize now that I need those deadlines because otherwise the pressure doesn't mount to Mm -hmm. push the to push it through as the last minute Larry which I am do you know what I mean like to be (laughs) last minute Larry there needs to be a countdown so I feel like (laughs) it's more like just in time George So much better. I don't know where I got last time Larry from. I've never used oh, that term before. Just in do you time, have a friend named George. Larry? No, only Larry Emder, but he's not my friend. <laughs> we should make him our friend. Um, How has your week been, my darling? My week's been delicious. We were just having a little recap, George and I, on the energy of the full moon today in Libra. And my moon's in Libra, so I'm thriving. Yeah. Um, I am having a great week. And I actually just want to do something that's going to embarrass him, but... As this podcast airs, it's actually airing on my husband Trent's birthday. Woo, so happy birthday, Trent. I need to say happy birthday to Trent. And Trent's been a little bit like a producer for us. Yes, <laughs> he has. For the podcast. <laughs> He's been like getting on at me like, Holly, there's a typo in the Instagram, um, in the Instagram bio. Or he'll be like, now make sure you're using headphones to record. I'm like, where is this coming from? But I just want to just acknowledge him and send him so much love and It's interesting because uh, just a little bit of background with Trent and I, uh, we've been together for coming up to 11 and a half years. So it's mental, mental, right? And we've been married for just over a year now. And when I say Trent's going to feel uncomfortable me talking about him, it's funny because I don't feel uncomfortable about anyone talking about me, but like we're so opposite. Trent doesn't even use social media. Like I'm telling you, George, his last post was about six years ago. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? 
What is that? Like I'm up at him all the time. I'm like, babe, you didn't even acknowledge our wedding on Facebook or Instagram. What the fuck? Did it even happen? (laughs) If it wasn't posted about, especially the Leo in me who loves to be praised and adored publicly, it's something I'm working on. Blake tells me that that's a spiritual cop-out. I'm really working on it. Oh, wow. Um, Keep it real, Blake. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he's really like he tells me what I fucking need to hear, not what I want to hear. Um, Also hard to swallow. But, yeah, it's been, um, to be honest, the last year for Trenny and I, our year of marriage has been the most, I'm going to use the word challenging in our entire relationship. Uh, and I, I really wanted to kind of open this discussion around conscious relationship and around opposites attracting because I get asked it all the time, George, uh, how do Trent and I work when Trent isn't in the work? And I say that with inverted commas. Um, and it's something that, to be honest, I, uh, we have been, I should say, as a couple really navigating that space of the last 18 months for me have been my biggest months of growth at a personal level and at a soul level in not just our entire relationship, but in my entire life. And I look at our video from our wedding and the woman walking down the aisle to Trent and the woman I am today are very different women. That's so interesting, you know, and I've thought about it often because I, I think like, I think back to my high school sweetheart, like if we, had stayed together and we were so madly in love but if we had stayed together oh my god like I can't even imagine because we're both entirely different human beings so it's always fascinated me and I have quite a few friends that are very similar to you in that they've been with their partner since since high school pretty much yeah yeah is how do you evolve and grow together And at what point, like what parts of the relationship is it okay to grow apart and what parts of the relationship is it really important that you're growing at the same speed or at least in alignment? This has been the work for me (laughs) and, gosh, has it been the most like gut-wrenching, heart-churning work. And Trent will be listening to this being like, that was fucking easy. What do you mean? What work is she talking about? (laughs) (laughs) But to be honest, last year especially, it was all of these like, and and I was in my Saturn return at the same time, so it was all happening at once. Where Trent is the most incredible human in the world. He is my rock, my grounding force. He brings me back to earth. He is my reality check. And to be perfectly honest, he doesn't do any of this work. He's never read a personal development or soul book. He's never meditated before. He's never even done a fucking vision board, right? Like when I say that we are. Oh my God. He's never done a vision board. (laughs) Is this man. So when I say that we're polar opposites in a lot of ways, we really are. Trent's worked the same job for 11 years um, as a, you know, he's a tradesman. He's an electrician by trade. He's a supervisor. He's, incredibly good at what he does he loves whiskey and gin and you know Japanese culture and 
he is really quiet. So at school, he was in the cool group, but he was like the quiet guy. Like he was a really cool, quiet guy, right? Yeah. And I was debating captain and the <laughs> girl. And I literally kid you not, I was communications leader. And so we did go to school together. We were in the same grade. We never were in a single subject together, not one. And it wasn't until after school on schoolies that we started speaking. And I realized that, oh, maybe there's something in this opposites attract. And it's been 11 years of that. And last year was for me, stepping foot in this conscious world, I feel a lot of us can really get into that comparisonitis when it comes to relationship mm. and what the, the conscious relationship looks like. You know, you should rise at, at sunrise together and do your morning fucking sun salutations in your tree top bungalow and then meditate together and you should eat the exact same way. And oh my God, that makes me want to vomit. Oh, sorry. I mean, open mind and all that. <laughs> That's truly what I was questioning. I'm like, shit, like, uh, like, what, what is this? And I, and I was, I started to coach Trent, actually. I started to, you know, what are three things you're grateful for today, babe? Or if he had a limiting story, I'd be like, well, that's a limiting belief, babe. And you've got to change it. And I got on this like mightier than now fucking pedestal where I knew everything and he didn't. And he needed to catch up to me because mm. I was such a rapid rate and I didn't want to leave him behind. And in the time it felt so real, but now I'm looking back on it and I'm like, fuck, was I being number one dramatic, which is not like me, jokes. And number two, <laughs> it was very ego fueled. And number three, Trent was being the more conscious one in the couple yeah. because he was sitting back, listening to me, yeah. taking it all on board, agreeing with what I was saying yeah. and then going, whatever you need to do, babe, I've got you. Oh, I'm Holly. backing you. I know. And that's He's it, a right? That, that is all you need from a conscious partner is for them to hold space for you and that's it. Oh, it's oh, it gives me goosebumps. It makes me really emotional because and I'm really grateful I had that experience last year to come back to what recognizing and really appreciating at a whole other level what I have. Like this man kisses me every morning before he leaves to work and says, have a good day, beautiful, I love you. And that is so much more important than you guys sipping on celery juice together in the morning. He would never do that. (laughs) (laughs) And that is so much more to me that he can ground me and be my foundation while I go off. And, yes, we travel separately. The last fucking four trips I've done have been me without him and he doesn't once question it and he just celebrates me. He's like, go, babe, you go do that. I'm so proud of you. Like, I love him so much. Trent, you're the best. So Trent's a a Taurus. Trent's a Taurian. So when's his birthday? The 22nd. 22nd 22nd of April. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, it um, explains my elaborate engagement ring because that wasn't me. He fully designed it himself. Yeah, wow. um, but that's Torian men. They love luxury and the finer things in life and beauty. Um, and they're very, like, sensual and that that this ring that I wear is him to a fucking tea. He didn't get it for me. He got it for him. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny, although you, you are basking in its glory. Thanks, babe. So talk to me, though, George, because we've had very different experiences, obviously. I've been in one relationship my entire life. That's been it. And I've been a hussy. No, I've, I've been quite the opposite of a hussy. But I have been um, on the dating scene. I 
just worked it out the other day, quite depressingly, for almost two decades. Um, <laughs> Not depressing. I'm in. I'm like I'm so intrigued by it. Yeah, I mean, look. I guess the wisdom I can impart on you uh, is that I have dated and obviously been in long-term relationships with as well um, many different men. Um, and in terms of the polarities thing, the opposites attract mm-hmm. thing, I've you know I've discovered a few things along the way, and it basically for me, and I know that quite a few of my single girlfriends agree. This idea of finding a spiritual man or I don't want to say conscious man because I think that conscious man has a different definition but this idea of the guy that you know um comes to yoga with you and meditates morning and afternoon with you and wants to have deep and meaningful conversations about up leveling and upgrading and wants to talk about his feelings all the time and and wants to change the world yeah yeah and all of these qualities are wonderful qualities absolutely but I don't find them particularly attractive because <laughs> for me, for me, this this world and that we live in whole, like I, I gain enough from it in the work that I do within it. I yes. don't need them to have to go through it with me. If they want to, that's great. You know, like, and I've definitely dated men that are interested in hearing about it. Um, sometimes they apply bits of it, sometimes they don't, but they mm. don't put me down for it, which I've definitely been with those men before. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. I Torian, actually. He, he'd he never oh. put me down for it, but he'd just dismiss everything. You know, it's oh. like, oh, that's just Jordan, her moon stuff, or that's just Jordan. <gasps> so that did not work for me. Um, no, but, no, no, cool. no, 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 no. But I do think that we put way too much emphasis on – having things in common and I think what it comes down to is what you're willing to compromise on in relationships and what Mm -hmm. you're not willing to compromise on in relationships yes so yes yes what I've discovered is and I talk about it a lot in the work that I do it's like what is going to compromise your vibration so what's going to compromise your authenticity and it comes down to your value system right so Mm -hmm. I feel like if you're looking for a, a alignment with a partner, what is so much more important than them coming to yoga with you, which to be honest with you would be my biggest pet peeve. I want to go to <laughs> yoga on my own. Like I don't yeah. want you next to me in yoga. And if you come with me, I'm going <laughs> to go on the other side of the room. You know, like that's my time. Totally. It's yeah. your time. It's your thing. But I can't compromise on emotional intelligence. Like I feel like your emotional EQ needs to be in alignment because when that is off, you will be, for example, I, I need to feel held and supported. I'm going through this at the moment and I feel like, You can have academic smarts in common. You can have, you know, wit and banter and um, deep and meaningful conversations about emotional intelligence. But if they can't embody the emotional intelligence, Mm -hmm. then it's a a mismatch for me, you know, because that's such an important quality for me is to be able to be heard and understood. You don't need to fix it. You don't need to have the answer, but you just need to listen. 
hear me and hold the space for me. Yeah, and that's all that's all it is. Yeah. Um communication's another thing yeah. for me. I can't compromise on that. Like if you can't communicate with me and we don't have clear communication with each other, and you can both be good communicators, but there's communication matching, right? Like the ways yes. that you communicate. Won't yes. compromise on that. And then the last thing I won't compromise <laughs> on, and this might be a personal thing, but we need to have the same sense of humor. Like there's nothing <laughs> more frustrating than you setting up a joke for someone and them not coming through with the punchline. Do you know what I mean? Not okay. Not okay, right? So that's a big one no. for me. But for other people that wouldn't be that wouldn't be such a big deal. Yeah. No, and that's the thing. I think it's recognizing what our core values are and what mm-hmm. is it that we absolutely won't compromise on. And we were chatting about this drills the other day too. And it's also about the future that you see for yourself and them. And and does that align? Does that match? So, yes, you so know, important. me being like, I want to, I want to base myself in Byron and then travel the world and, you know, not, not looking at having children just yet, you know, shock, horror, gasp, even though we're married and we've been <gasps> together 11 years. What? what do you mean? Holly, don't you know you're turning 30 this year? Oh, don't what the talk to me about fuck that. are you doing? <laughs> I know, but truly that's what yeah. people think. I, I like feel people's eyes on me being like, when's she going to announce the pregnancy? Yeah. And just like, spoiler alert, guys, we're not even fucking trying. Yeah. Because, and But how amazing that I have Trent who's so on board with all of this alongside me, mm. right? So it's not like I'm going to go off and do this and he's totally resentful or he has different ideas of what our future is going to look like. So so important that you can see the future in that way together and that you've got the same vision of life and then everything else just kind of works around that. But I, I, like, I'm interested, George. Mm. What do you feel about the idea of like writing your dream man list? Because when I called Trent in, I mean, I didn't even call him in. It just fucking happened, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I did not call him in. But I, there was no list writing. Mm. It just happened, right? What, what are your views on that? Oh, look, it's so controversial and I've done a lot of work on it and it was a big part of when I wrote Make It Happen as well, um, I really don't believe in manifesting love through writing down a list of your ideal partner. And I know that many, many people have had much success with this, but I think that it's fraught for many reasons. And I'll tell you what they are. I think that when we start to write a list of traits of what our tiny human brain imagines our ideal partner could Mm. be, Mm. having never experienced of it, having never experienced it, we start to build a set of boundaries and parameters around what we think we're capable of creating or what we think yes. we deserve, where uh, what we think we are deserving of, right? Yes. And a lot of the time, whether we start off listing, you know, a set of things that we want to feel around this person, it ends up being a list of traits. So it's like, you know... um, and it might not be physical traits, but like I need him to be work orientated. I need him to be driven. I need him to be, you know, whatever it is. And when we start to do that, because these lists can be so powerful, what we're doing mm. is setting ourselves up for something that A, might not exist or may not be in your highest interest. Yes. And what starts to happen is that list starts to take on its own vibration. And so, 
it's almost like the frequency of the list and the frequency of the partner are vibrating on each other, but you're out of the equation. Like your vibrations aren't being taken into account. You're not, you're not actually, it's, it's projecting outward. I I see where you're going with this. It's like putting it on the person and the list. It's like, okay, but what about you? Because in partnership and relationship, it's more than one person. Absolutely. So what I tell people to do is to, Focus on, and if you want to write a list, write a list, but focus on how you want to feel in a relationship. So not how you want the other person to make you feel, but how Mm. you want to feel, yeah? And not how you want to make them feel, but just the feelings that you want to embody when you're in a rewarding, loving, romantic relationship. And that's all you need to do because that's what strengthens the vibration within you and that's Mm. what's naturally going to attract that person. To be honest, if I were to write a list right now of like my, like what I would think, like what my mind would comprehend would be my dream guy, the list would, yeah, well, no, no, it wouldn't. It would not, it actually wouldn't be Trent's traits. Mm. Like it, it would be like, you know, it would still be like my logical mind would go, well, he has to do, be doing the soul work and he's got to be like interested in deep and meaningful conversations about this. And it, he, yeah, he'd be older than me because another plot twist, Trent's younger than me. Like all of my logical mind things would say a certain thing if I were to write the list, but that's not what is working in my world. It's, it's totally the feelings that I'm feeling in a relationship with, with Trenny, which is so unconditionally loved and supported and grounded and cheered on and just like just desired Mm. and all of these things which Mm. don't come off the back of that dream man list um we're gonna go a little more controversial George. oh because i feel like it's important okay what do you feel about this (laughs) calling in your king chats oh hey you know what like i used to be on the calling in your king bandwagon i was like where is my king but (laughs) i'm not i'm i i don't feel okay with it now it feels very um ego based that's exactly how i feel about it too and i've got really good girlfriends who are like caught actively calling in their king and it's it's amazing to witness and they're really embodying their queendom and their you know that that is their active process which i'm reserving like there's no judgment but in my experience (laughs) to be perfectly honest it makes my tummy turn a little bit like i would never never call trent my king um what what's what's the churning The churning is that I feel like, I feel like this kingdom is we're going to have this empire together and we're going to rule together and we are going to sit side by side and do life hand in hand, everything together. And can a queen be a queen without her king? And that's it, it, Holly, right? That's, that's that's what it is. It's It's an incompleteness. can, Can you be a queen? Right? Yeah. It's like I need to call in my king because then we can sit on our thrones together yeah. and, then and the govern royal the land. Complete. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I feel like my discomfort with it. And maybe people who, who do, and I'd be interested in this chat in the Facebook group because yeah. I'm sure there are listeners who have like called in their king and they call each other king and queen and I want to hear how it works in a, you know, in a really constructive manner. I really genuinely am intrigued because it's yeah. just not been my experience of relationship. Maybe it's just a, I mean, maybe it's just a language thing for people, you know, like the mm-hmm. king and the queen and the, you know. I mean, maybe there's not as much um, 
emphasis on the the ruler of the kingdom type vibe but it is I, yes. I think with with certain language it holds its own vibration and so for me this idea of king and queen feels like it needs to go together it's it's you it's can't not, have one without yeah the other. you can't have one without the other which I mean mm. there's some beauty in that as well but I think it really takes away from a, a really soulful definition of relationship yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I tend to agree, George. Um, and with that, I feel that <clears throat> there is this, especially if you're you're doing the work in our world. Oh, the throat chakra is clearing. I've like clearly got the words to say about this. It's like, <clears throat> um, there is this immense pressure that if you're in partnership and you're you're changing the world, then your partner may or should change it with you Mm. and be doing the work hand in hand arm in arm together Mm. and we see a lot of beautiful couples who are doing this this work in partnership and creating amazing ripples of change in the world but I guess the conversation I want to have is it doesn't have to be that way you like Trent will never be my partner in changing the world together in the way that I'm doing it but he's doing it in his way and I feel like I get asked all the time what's the secret to having a such a long relationship where it's literally been 11 and a half years no breaks no one else like 11 and a half years of us like from the age of he was 17 I was 18 until now right and that's a lot of change even in the time of like who you are when you're 17 and 18 and who you are when you're about to turn 30 and you know everything that comes in between that whether you're even growing at a personal development level or not and my thing that I constantly come back to is you've got to have your own independent lives outside of each other yeah and you, you guys must do that have your so own. well yeah it's yeah. it's it's just been a non-negotiable my first overseas trip was with my best girlfriend mm. his first overseas trip with it was with his best mates I moved out for the first time with my girlfriends. Yeah. He went and lived uh, like 18 months and did, you know, the mines stuff. I've got best mates that Trent spent maybe a couple of times with, like doesn't really have anything to do with, as does he. Like we've got our differences and we allow them to thrive outside of the relationship and I truly feel like that is so key. And so maybe that's where I feel a little bit of a disparity in the calling in my king and queen because the way that I see a king and queen as a metaphor living out is that you are locked in side by side doing everything together forever. Mm. And that actually feels, and it probably is because I'm double air sign as well, it feels very claustrophobic for me. Totally. Oh, my God. Yes. As a, as a double air. Totally. Like that. And I'm. that's the next thing I wanted to talk to you about. Like I'm big on claustrophobia because I need like I, I need my independence in relationships. So that's where I feel like having the polarities within a relationship are really important and polarities mm-hmm. on different levels. So the polarities with your interests, but also the polarity of masculine and feminine and you both embodying those polarities separately. So yes. you not just being the feminine and them not just being the masculine, but them no. being able to embody feminine and you masculine so that you can have this back and forth and you don't have to always hold that space. You, um, yeah. Yeah. You keep going. Cause I've got so many things to say about yeah, this. Yeah. But there, there was just one thing that I wanted to ask what you thought about this, because this comes up a lot for me and you kind of touched on it before with Trent is like, when you have, when like, when you have things 
in common. There's no space sometimes to learn and to grow and not that you need to school someone like school your partner on certain things, but that you're there to teach them something and then they're there to teach you something in return. And I've found for me with a lot of relationships that I'm always the teacher and I'm always imparting wisdom and I get very bored if someone doesn't have something to impart back on me. But if I'm Mm. constantly trying to find people that are matched to me in terms of Um, you know, like common interests, then there's no room to learn and grow. So that's Mm -mm. why I all, like I I make it a priority now to seek out not necessarily my polar opposite, but someone who's going to bring some stuff to the table that I can learn and grow with, you know? 100%. And for me, when I, especially when I was on my high and mighty, like ego-fueled mission last year and the year before of teaching Trent everything because, you know, I knew more about the way the world worked and he needed to leave his job and do these things, which he's all doing in his own fucking time anyway. I didn't, you know, it became this like, I was very emasculating to him because I was just like, this is what you have to do. And I am teaching you all of the things. And like, and then, and then I stepped back and I did a lot of coaching. I had three coaches at one point last year, George, because I was so committed to making this work and getting out of my own way in sabotaging a beautiful relationship. Um, and that's when they say, like, relationships take work. They absolutely do. I know it's like, oh, that's a story that you're telling yourself. But my relationship has been effortless up until, you know, the 11-year mark, and then it did take fucking work. Yeah. Um, and if people say that relationships don't, they're – they're lying (laughs) because they fucking do. They take work. And um, what came up was, Holly, you're not even being his wife. You're being his fucking coach. And that's not attractive. That's not something that he's going to respond well to. And then me also recognizing all the things that Trent teaches me. He is so relaxed, so non-attached. The biggest chiller there is just goes with the flow rarely if ever has experienced anxiety. He talks me out of my head. He's teaches me so much Mm. and he teaches me kindness and compassion and all of these beautiful things that, yeah, maybe they're not from the latest Eckhart Tolle book, but it's from his inner wokeness, right? Yeah. And that matters so much more in my opinion. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Before, Before we wrap this convo up, because I feel like we could go forever, Mm. I just really want to highlight what you said, George, because it was bang on about polarity and where the mask and femme and dancing between both of those energies within relationship, because an interesting thing happened again last year with Trenny and I, where I have been so consciously stepping more into my femininity and feminine energy. I've always been masculine fueled and our relationship has worked beautifully because Trent is more in his feminine. Now, Trenny, I'm not telling you you're a girl. We've been through this. No, no, no. (laughs) It's not gendered. It's the energy of it. And Trent's always been his feminine. I've always been in my masculine, but the more that I came into my feminine, then it was like, Oh shit. There's no like, 
I didn't sit down and have a conversation with Trent where it's like, this is what my energy is doing now and I'm making it deliberate and this is how we can work together in this new dynamic in our relationship. So, you know, when it comes to planning dates and making decisions, which usually I would just naturally do, I just stopped doing them and expected Trent to pick up where I'd left off. Mm. But it'd been 10 years of me behaving in that way. So how is he fucking supposed to know? Yeah. Um, and so having that conversation with him where it's been it's given him the opportunity to step more into his masculine and me into my femme but then doing that dance when i'm in my mask he like shifts into his femme it's it's a beautiful way of the relationship dancing and that's how you also keep sex alive in a yeah. relationship i couldn't agree more you, you can't have both in your femme or both in your mask and that be long term sexual you know dynamic that that is enjoyable and i think that that's something that people need to start looking at quite early in the dating experience as well because if if your partner can't complement your masculine and feminine because they're either too much in one side or you know or you know you're just not matched it's not equalized then you're gonna come up against that again and again and again and again and again Mm-hmm. So I think so it's true. something that needs to be addressed quite early because once you're quite deep into it, it's not necessarily something that's going to shift because it can be quite an innate quality within people, you know? Yeah. Sometimes it's just, it's totally, con- like, it's just where, it's the way you are. Yeah. It's just the way you are. Yeah. And you can't expect people to change for you. No. They're going to no. have to, they, they, and that's what I've learned. It's like they need to want to change themselves and you need to decide whether you're happy to sit and and you know, maybe the change will come and maybe it won't and you need to be okay with either. And if you're not, that's when you make the decision to leave. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the last thing I want to say on this is, and I know a lot of women do it, you know, for so long I always saw the potential in somebody, you know, Mm. like all of this is so great, but this compromising on this value, oh, I guess that could be okay because everything else is so matched Mm. you know and then you see the potential if only they could change this one quality you know and I I stuck around for years with people trying to uh, get them to access their potential and you know you can't change people and yeah people can grow and people can upgrade but that's not your mission to take them on that journey and that's something I've had to step away from yeah, mm, and that's a not one. a I am holier than thou thing. It's just like that's not it's not a match. That's that's what we call a mismatch. Mismatched. Yeah. Um. I guess so. That was a long-winded way of saying happy birthday, Trent. <laughs> <laughs> happy birthday. So it's Thanks not for- it's not thirty. It's twenty. Is it twenty nine? It's twenty nine. Okay. Yeah, you got 20. one more year so before you need to grow the f up, Trent. Yeah, fucking Trent, you're in your, you. Actually, Trent's in his Saturn return. I wonder what shit's oh, going to go down. We, we'll do a podcast episode on Saturn return because it's yes. it's quite a big topic and I know people are interested in it, but we could, yeah, we probably should Another dive episode. into it now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> no, we're not going to dive into that because we're going to dive into recommendations. We should do a song for each segment. Recommend, recommend, recommend. What a recommendation. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. George. Talk to me. What have you got to recommend for us today? Okay, well, I've got like um, a combo recommendation. They go hand in hand. Um, It's a book and a podcast. So the book is called Everything I Know About Love. 
And Ooh. it's written by Dolly Alderton, which she is a, um, not which, who is a English journalist. She's mm-hmm. co-host of my favourite podcast, The High Low. Um, mm. Yeah. And she also started another podcast to run um, in line with the promotion of the book called Love Stories okay. with Dolly Alderton. So the book is basically, she's just turned 30 and it's a memoir um, basically of the first, you know, 30 years of her life and the love stories that ran through it. Um, but what it really, it's hilarious to read. Like it's really, really funny, but what it's really about is female friendships and how they can be, yeah, how they can be some of the best love stories ever told. Like it's really beautiful. (gasps) She is one of my favorite journos. Um, it's very English humor and it's why I love listening to the high low. So it's not for everybody, but if you love, if you love English humor and English comics and um, English comedy shows I think you'll love the book and I think you'll love the podcast so I love well first of all I love love and I love love stories and basically what she does is she interviews um, celebrities about um, their love stories their personal love stories and it's very Yeah, like it's very English orientated. So a lot of the celebrities you won't know, but it almost doesn't matter. It um, doesn't. No, it almost doesn't matter. I'll tell you, because there's two seasons, I'll tell you some episodes that you should definitely listen to if you're interested. Okay. The first one Please. is with Lily Allen. Like we oh, all know I who Lily Allen is. Lily and Allen. that is such a good episode. She's so flippin' honest in it. Oh. And yeah, it's brilliant. Um the other one I highly recommend listening to is Stanley Tucci. You know, Stanley Tucci's the guy from Devil Wears Prada. Um, oh! Yeah. And, um, well, I mean, he's been in a million things. And he No, is I know. Married, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. He's married to Emily Blunt's sister. No! Yeah. So they met. Through, did they meet through yeah, Devil Wears Prada? Yeah. They no met through way. Devil Wears Prada. And he married her. So he's oh. fascinating. Um, and then the other really fascinating one is Emma Freud. Now, Emma Freud is a journo and script editor, and she's married to Richard Curtis. Now, Richard Curtis is the guy behind all of the best English rom-coms. So Love Actually, About Time, no. Four Weddings and a Funeral, Notting Hill, <gasps> Bridget Jones. I have goosebumps. I have full-body goosebumps. And the funniest thing about that episode is because – Dolly's like, oh my God, Emma, like being married to the most romantic, you know, man in the world who's written all these rom-coms. And she's like, he is the most least, uh, most least, he is the least romantic person. You're kidding me. And I was like, it was just fascinating. And then the last one, the last episode, if you've watched the series, Holly, I don't know if you've watched it, um, Gavin and Stacey. Have you ever seen Gavin? Oh my, okay. Well, first of all, everyone (laughs) needs to go and watch Gavin and Stacey. It's a... It's a series. It's really old now. It would have been like mid two thousands. It was written by James Corden. You know James Corden yes, does couple I love karaoke, James Corden, and he's in it. Mm-hmm. And Ruth Jones. So she's also in it, and you probably recognize her face. Um, mm-hmm. But they wrote it together, and it is probably the most heartwarming English comedy I've ever watched. It's so easy to watch whenever I'm feeling 
depressed or stressed, I just put Gavin and Stacey on. Um, Gavin and Stacey, okay. Yeah, but this interview is with her, with Ruth Jones, and oh. um, it's so good. So, yeah, they're, they're a little book and podcast um, combo, which I highly recommend I love listening to if you love love as much as I love love. Um, and then the last thing I wanted to chat about is – not really a recommendation, but more of a recap. And I know you're not a big fan, Hol, but it just feels wrong not to mention it. Is Game of Thrones started this week? Look, this can be my Game of Thrones hit because I I started watching it like years after it was a thing, and then I watched the first four seasons and actually was obsessed. Oh, you did watch like, some. Loved. This was like five years ago, four okay. years ago, I watched them back to back, but I'm not a back to back TV watcher. So no. I just like, lo- I'm, I'm just out of it. I'm just out of the loop. So talk to me, what, what's going on? What season are we at? What's happening? Well, I mean, tell I'm, me not, I'm not, gonna, <laughs> I'm not going to tell you exactly what's going on because there's a lot to catch up on We're we're in season eight. It's the last season. So I'm hoping that someone gets to sit on the freaking throne and wins the game, you know, because we've been... Oh, that's what it's about. Yeah, we've been committed to this for a really long time. Um, I'm I'm obsessed with Game of Thrones. Like, I... It took me a while to get into it. I remember watching the first episode when it first came out and I was like, oh no, like, way too much violence and Mm. I'm not really into this shit. And then... um, I had a boyfriend at the time who was like, no, no, we're going to watch it. We're going to get into this. We're going to watch it. And we'd watch it together and it was great. And I got very, very in the thick of um, conspiracy theories and fan fiction and (laughs) all of it. You went hard. (laughs) Yeah. But I, I, you know what I, and I think that a lot of people feel this because it was such a big error within the human race. Like I honestly feel like I had past lives in the medieval times because I just feel so connected to the imagery and the clothing and even the dragons like I know there's a lot of people going to say dragons aren't real but I really feel like they were real at one time absolutely and I just I don't know like watching Game of Thrones for me it's a real um escape like it's really beautiful escapism because it's so far from our reality now totally but the themes are still relevant you know it's all about fear and power and um love and family and blood and i don't know i just love it i love it i love it and i do love john snow which helps too. Oh yeah, John's. I definitely think Jon Snow is delicious. And what's um, what's his name? Is it Carl Drogo? Yeah, I mean, is that look, his name? Yeah, he died a very long time ago. See, that's where I'm at. I'm like, he was a babe. <laughs> is he still around? Has it? Have they brought him back to well, life? Well, there's rumors. There's rumors. Really? Yeah, but I don't know if there's any truth to that. Fucking spoiler alert. Maybe I, I just intuited that. <laughs> Who knows? Saws about it. Well, and the thing with Game of Thrones is, like, if you've, if you're like keen to watch it and you haven't, it's such a commitment now because it's not like it's not like they're half hour episodes; they're hour no. long, and then at the end of every season, they become hour and a half long episodes. So what? Yeah, it's a lot to catch up on. My dad did it. So a couple of Christmases ago was when the last season ended. My little brother bought my dad the box set of Game of Thrones. 
because yeah. we used to all talk about it over the dinner table and dad had no idea what we were talking about. So he binge watched seven seasons on DVD. Yeah, he <gasps> still has a DVD player. And um, he caught up. But I thought it would take me – I tried to do it to be in preparation for this season eight. And God, I love it. It was too much of a commitment. Like I just couldn't do it in time. So if you've I never watched it the before, attention span. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just too far gone. I'm just – you can give me the updates. I'm sure it's great. Like I really did genuinely watch it like with Trenny for the first four seasons. It was like – Fairly, it was when I had my fatigue and I couldn't really do anything else. So yeah. <laughs> that was really convenient for me. But um, I just my attention span is so limited now. I'm like, <laughs> no, I get um, it. I get yeah, it. but so good. Was I'll the first step good? Uh, it was not bad. Um, it was a little bit of a setting the scene for what's to come. I think. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. A slow and slow and steady build. Yeah, but we'll get there and it's it's yeah, it's gonna be exciting. I can't wait. Um, so what about you, my darling? What are your recommendations? So apparently I like to watch documentaries because I got another one for you guys. Right. It's a Netflix documentary. It's called Social Animals. And it was recommended to me over the weekend by a girlfriend um, who actually doesn't use social media. Ooh. So we were talking about, I know, scandal. People like people? that exist. What? Are they like leprechauns? <laughs> in a, yeah, exactly. They get along really well. Um, no, and she was like speaking about this documentary and, and all of the like the evils of social media. And I was obviously defending social media because I like to do that. I'm like, it's the way you use it. And, but, I always also like to challenge my beliefs. And so I watched this documentary this week and and basically it uh, is focused on three young Americans and their use of Instagram. So we have a daredevil photographer, an aspiring model, and <laughs> just your everyday teenager. Okay. Yeah, just your everyday average gal. Yeah, It wouldn't be an episode <laughs> if you didn't use the word gal, so I had to throw it in. And... It, it was easy watching. I really enjoyed it. It wasn't anything groundbreaking when it comes to you can kind of anticipate that there are obviously people who use Instagram to build their businesses. Then there are other narcissistic types um, that are that are sharing their, you know, uh, dream life that people aspire to have. Um, there's a little bit of a stalker undertone with the aspiring model and how social media has opened her up to questions around her safety and then with the everyday teen, um, the bullying that takes place on these platforms. So it's – I'm laughing because George is Sorry. taking a sneaky <laughs> – it's actually a not-so-sneaky Insta story of us recording live. Sorry. But I – you know, when there's a <laughs> camera in my face – I was trying to be face, subtle, I but I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, social animals dive into various snapshots in the use of Instagram. And I do recommend it just in terms of us – recognizing that just because we use Instagram or any platform a certain way doesn't mean that's the way that everybody uses it. And it does open a really good conversation around, well, for me, it's the youth and how we can set examples on the way we use our platforms uh, because there's a lot of dangerous content and, and, you know, untoward intention uh, that I'm oblivious to, to be honest. So it did open my eyes to that. Yeah. Okay, good. I'm going to watch it. I love documentaries too. And also it's such a relevant thing to be 
talking about, um, mm. especially in our industry, because it's like we need, like we need it. We can't. This and this is what I struggle with, Holly, and I know you do too. It's like I don't want to be a slave to it, but I. If I let it go, there's a whole side of my marketing strategy that's lost. And so how do you grapple that? Like how how do you Yes. And I feel a lot that? of people forget, they forget that social media is our work, it's our yeah. business. This yeah. is our livelihood. This is how we make money. Whether we're fucking doing sponsored posts or not, I'm not talking about that, but this is how we generate people who are interested it's in the work audience. we do in the world. Yeah, It's our audience. So, yeah, it, it is that real double, double-edged sword. And, I mean, there was so much fascinating content in there about these. Um, they, they snap across to just random vox pops of teenagers saying, oh, yeah, of course I buy my likes. Yeah, and don't, don't you use oh. Facetune? Yeah, and it was like, oh, my God, this is a real fucking problem. Like, I understand what people are talking about so it was really good in that way mm-hmm. just watch it i want to like talk it out with you more. yeah yeah i'm gonna um, i'm gonna watch it also on that note join our facebook group and follow us on instagram <laughs> yeah thanks george part of her, her procrastination tactic this week actually has yeah. been creating the most beautiful instagram account which i am not allowed to touch i can touch stories <laughs> but i'm not allowed to touch the feed because it's like so coherent and beautiful and like very Virgo-esque, which was, is, is it your rising or your moon? It's my moon. But that was your yeah. self-imposed rule. Like, I didn't tell you not to touch it. <laughs> it's true. It was my self-imposed rule. Like, I, I will wreck it. And my other recommendation. Yes. I'm doing something a little different this week. I know it's only week two, so how can it even be something different? <laughs> We're setting the rules now. I am recommending a musical artist, Ooh. a performer, a singer specifically. Oh, yeah, and you wouldn't tell um, me who it was until this very yeah, moment so in I'm, time. I'm dying to know. Fresh. Yeah, I'm going to keep it, it fresh. Who is that? So a, little, a little bit of background. Okay. Uh, my dad is a musician, so I have grown up with music literally as my life. And now mm. my brother is a musician too, following suit. Um, and my musical repertoire is very um, expansive. And my dad used to play music. Like I'm talking when I was going, we, he'd be dropping us at primary school and he'd be playing Snoop Dogg and he'd be playing like Tupac and just like, but also Earth, Wind and Fire and Toto and Stevie Wonder and mm. Michael Jackson. So I grew up with this and, and there was one... Um, um, female artist, um, soul and R&B artist that I just have loved my entire life. And she's having a little bit of a second coming in oh. the spiritual world. Oh. And it makes me happy. So her name is India Ari. Oh, I love India Ari. Right? Yeah, video. So, video. This yeah. is what I want to talk about. This want to talk about George because so I've been listening to India RE since I was about five years old like my dad would play um video and he'd play her song beautiful oh, yeah. and he'd play her song brown skin, brown skin. which is the sex oh song right yeah and so I've just always listened to India RE she's always been on my list like my brother sang beautiful as his HSC musical piece and so it's just been this like beautiful relationship to her but what I've noticed is especially her track I am light everyone now I feel is sharing it like even in my breathwork circle 
which I will be sharing about this episode, mm. they played I Am Light. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, is it is it just that everyone has been so aware of India RE forever or is she having a second coming? I don't know. You know I don't think it matters. No, it doesn't. But she was, I hope I'm not making this up. I should have fact-checked this. I'm pretty sure she was on an episode of Oprah's Super Soul Sessions. Oh. So maybe after that interview there was like a resurgence of the spiritual folk remembering her and wanting to engage with her again maybe. That makes – let's fact check that because that makes so much sense. Her lyrics are – before her time so it's yeah. uh, these are the, the songs that i would recommend our listeners jump onto spotify um and have a listen to are beautiful i am light video yeah and brown skin okay video i've rediscovered video like recently and just some of the lyrics are uh i'm not your average girl in your video and i'm not built like a supermodel, but I've learned to love myself unconditionally. Yeah, and it's just beautiful. like, yes, yes, yes. Um, so I, I have done the fact check in real time and she Look was indeed on Super Soul Sundays with Oprah um, and she sang I Am Light. So that is Oh, why. my God. Yeah, I think that's Stop. why. Yeah. This makes so much sense. So mm-hmm. there you go. If you're not already, already on the train, you guys will be soon. Woohoo! Toot, toot. Um, so, Holly, this is the week that you teach me something new. Teaching you about my breathwork experience. I'm so fascinated to hear about this because I have actually done a breathwork circle and I don't know if I experienced what I was meant to. So I'm so ready to hear about your experience. Yeah, girl. Well, I firstly want to say we always experience what we're meant to and maybe you weren't meant to experience much. Mm. Um, So for those of you listening who have no idea what we're talking about, that was actually how I was stepping into this circle. So as part of our retreat that Nikki and I ran in Bali, we offered breathwork run by our friends Jared and Abigail to our guests, so a breathwork circle. And when Nikki mentioned it to me, I was terrified. I was like, okay, so we sit in a circle and we breathe weird. Like, what what's going to happen? Am I, I going to hyperventilate? Am I going to pass out? Is it going to bring up a panic attack? I was really out of my comfort zone mm. because I did not know much about it other than it was this ritualistic circle where we breathed a certain way and it would help in shedding trauma. Now, as an aside, believe it or not, I've experienced my fair share of traumatic moments, especially in my upbringing and my my childhood. And so I was really resistant to going there because I thought, oh, gosh, I'm meant to be running this retreat and I'm, you know, what's going to come up. Um, And I've done some out there things, which I'll share in future episodes. So it was less about that and more about I have no idea what's in store. But I can honestly say it was one of the most deeply transformative experiences I've ever had. And I am such an advocate for this work. So it was very much ceremonial. Uh, We sat in, it was a yoga space and Jared and Abigail are beautiful. So they are actually partners in work and in life and they're a beautiful, beautiful couple. And they, you know, did the whole lot of staging us as we entered. Were you inside or outside? 
So it was a yoga studio that was covered, but it was outside. Okay. So it was a beautiful like wooden floorboards and high like like a roof thing, but it was open. It's very hard to explain. I'm not doing yeah. a very good job. No, you are. Um, but, <laughs> I can see. Yeah. It. Yeah. And then we sat in circle and as we sat in circle, there was like a bolster and a yoga mat and a cushion. And I was like, oh my God, what is about to go down? And for the first uh, half hour to hour, they actually just spent time really setting intentions for the circle. And we did some eye gazing, which anytime I do eye gazing, I end up in tears because it's like someone looking into your soul. It's so confronting, isn't it? That's when they played I Am Light as well. So I was like, oh, we're really going there. So it was like this heart opening space and they had an altar in the middle and they just were explaining to us. So we're going to be breathing in a certain way, 75 minutes. And what you will experience is exactly what your body needs to experience. And the way that breathwork works is it ignites fight and flight response in your body. And then because you're breathing through that fight and flight response in a certain way, rather than us, because we store energy and emotion in our body that hasn't been properly processed. So when you're doing breath work, it targets those areas because you're meant to breathe through those moments and it releases them in whatever way your body needs to. So for instance, that could be through crying, that could be through yelling, that could be through laughing, that could be through convulsing, that could be through making random noises, all of the above of which I did, which I'll get into in a moment. But when, like, it sounds a bit out there, I know, but think about when a, when a baby or a toddler is experiencing an emotion, they embody that emotion. They stamp their feet, they wave their arms around, they throw themselves to the ground, they sob, wail and make noises and they do not stop until that emotion has been fully expressed and released from their body. Animals do this too. So when animals experience trauma, like deeply traumatic experiences, a lot of the time they'll shake or tremor in their bodies to release it, right? They'll make noises. We don't do that as adults because it's kind of fucking weird. Yeah, it's not socially acceptable. (laughs) Right? It's like, oh, why is she, like, throwing herself on the ground and wailing, (laughs) like, right? So, you know, like, okay, okay. And the breath that we did was kind of like this. I'm going to try and breathe loud so you can hear. It was like this. (sighs) For 75 minutes. Mm. And... For the first minute in my head, I was going, nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to happen. This is fucking weird, but I'm going to keep going because I'm open and I'm going to try it out, but nothing's going to happen. And then it took over. Oh. oh my gosh. It was the most out of body experience. And what they do say is because you're in a circle, they warn you and they say, you'll hear other people in the circle experiencing their experiences Don't worry about them. Like they hold the space for us to go through it and however what safe way we need to. So how many minutes in were you when you started to feel it come through? It was only a couple of minutes, George. I was probably in minute two. Yeah, wow. That's that's fast. And without getting into too much detail as to my experience, because I do feel like breathwork is a very personal experience and there's stuff you want to keep to yourself. Mm. Um, I I started by laughing hysterically and that led to inconsolable grief and Mm. sobbing. And are you conscious of why why you're responding like that or is it just like flooding out of you? So some people, it depends on your experience. Some people 
are incredibly conscious and know exactly what they're doing. Some people, and it was kind of me at the time, was a little bit disconnected and just allowing body to do what it needed to do. But I didn't even feel like I needed to figure it out because Jared and Abigail had done such a good job of briefing us. So when I was like sobbing and wailing uncontrollably and I had to lie down and when I was like literally shaking my arms and legs, I knew that I was shaking energy off of me that I didn't want to hold anymore. And what kept repeating in my head was, this is not mine. This is not mine. This is not mine. So I was doing things like arching my back, getting down on my hands and knees. My my body was just needing to move in certain ways, but at the same time make noises that I have never made before, like gurgling and yelling. And I was very, very vocal. I mean, ironic because I'm very vocal in my life, so probably not surprising. (laughs) You were vocal? (laughs) Uh, but it was it did not feel like 75 minutes of this it felt like five minutes of this and my the way that my experience ended was me curling up into the fetal position and in my head um I got the phrase I can't give anymore Mm. I can't give myself anymore and then I just pretty much passed out until the circle closed uh and So when we did the reflection and everyone's experiences, George, were so different and so unique. But my reflection was that my journey was a calling back of my power and a disconnect from all of the energy of other people that I've taken on my entire life. Mm. Uh, And it felt, I, I felt even because I was wailing and crying and yelling and screaming and moving, uh, I wasn't exhausted. I felt like a new me. I got my power back. And that's how I felt since. This was about two weeks ago now. And it really has had this lasting residual effect on me. Um, but what's interesting is hearing other people's experiences. So one of my my good, good friends had an experience where she revisited a deeply traumatic experience yeah. in her life where she was actually there reliving it to fully release it. Mm. So that was, it was a really hard experience for her. Like it was really heavy for her. And another girl in the circle just felt like she'd experienced nothing, but she was like, it was like, I just kind of wasn't even in my body. And they said, well, that's because you weren't. Her soul had just like left and gone for a little wander. And just, she had this deeply rested, restorative experience. Um, One of the other girls was like, I feel like nothing happened. I just kind of lay down the entire time hearing what everyone else was experiencing and thinking, is there something wrong with me? But then she had the after effects of actually getting quite physically sick. And that was her body's, that's what her body needed. Her body needed to release through illness. So it was incredibly unique for everybody. And it's one of those modalities where I will 100% do it again. And I can't wait to. Yeah, that's amazing. I um I I have done breath work. I did it in Bali as well. Um, and I had a very different experience to you. Um, I, I was over there writing my book, and I'd been there for two weeks, and um, I was really struggling to write anything. I was actually writing the manifesting love chapter, and I was finding it really tricky to mm. understand what needed to be said. Um, and I was having daily kinesiology sessions with Zoe because she was trying to clear the blocks around what I was yes. wanting to say, right? 
And because I'm the queen of procrastination, I was like, what things can I do that don't require me sitting at my computer? And a friend of mine from Sydney who'd been living in Bali texted me and she's like, you have to go to this breathwork circle. It's every Thursday. Um, and it's just up the road from where you're staying. So I went and it was strangers, Holly. So I didn't know. I didn't know. Yeah, them. Right. And I'm wondering yeah. if that has something to do with it. Maybe I was totally. holding back a little bit because I didn't feel I, I didn't feel unsafe at all. Everyone was beautiful. Um, it was mainly women. There was one guy there. Um, but I just, yeah, I don't know. So there was that. Um, I did the, the breath work. I felt very relaxed. At one stage, I was actually close to orgasm. Like that's <gasps> that, that what happens. the breath was doing to me. Um, but I wasn't, I wasn't getting tight in the body. I wasn't reliving any trauma I did find my mind going back to things I hadn't thought about for a very long time um Mm. I didn't really feel like crying at one point which you just witnessed now I was so busting to go to the toilet that I actually had to break from the circle and that Mm -hmm. in itself Mm -hmm. I think was a release um, yes. But around me, people were screaming, people were crying. The guy that was there was going through some massive stuff and apparently he'd been coming weekly for the last few months. He'd wow. just been through a really bad breakup and he was just releasing all this stuff. But, yeah, everyone was having very, very, very different experiences. But that evening when I got home, I wrote, you know, like a good 10 pages. So, Wow. There's something to it for sure. But yes. I think, like you said, you experience what you're meant to experience at the time. And, babe, I would love to reach near orgasm through breath. Like, that's <laughs> Well, gold. it's interesting like, while you're that. surrounded by strangers. No, strangers. of course. Yeah. No, I feel like that is part of it is you want to feel safe enough to really let go. And I definitely felt safe. And I've come back to Sydney now and – my good friends are like, let's do it. And that like, I'll create a circle of friends. So I do feel like it is something to do where you do feel safe and you feel held to really go there because it really tests you in going all the way. And that's what um Jared said. He's like, wow, you really went there. I was like, yeah, I wasn't going to hold anything back. So yeah. it's important you feel safe. And also I think what's really important, I don't know what your history is with <laughs> hallucinogenic drugs holly but um, never have tried a hallucinogenic drug in my life yeah well i i have but i don't like it because you don't have control right control so if you're not enjoying the experience you're stuck in the experience and there's nothing more terrifying than being stuck in that experience with breath work you're having quite an out-of-body Um, mind expanding experience but you're in control the whole time if you're not enjoying yourself you just go back to breathing normally that's what I was telling myself this entire time I was I can't tell you how anxious I was about this and I'm like oh I'm just breathing a certain way and if I don't like it I'll breathe normally it's Mm. fine so you are actually in control of the experience but what it taught me is how amazing are our bodies when we mm. actually give them the space they need to do what they're meant to do it's phenomenal yeah i couldn't agree more 
So I might leave in the Facey groups details of Jared and Abby who yeah. hosted the Breathwork Circle because they've made their way back to Australia now and will be running more of those and they're just amazing and I'm 100% doing another soon, hopefully. Yeah, so yeah. good. Um, so, yeah, on that note, if you haven't joined the Facebook group, make sure you join it. I know a few of you had trouble finding it. I'm not sure why that is, but it is the middle podcast that's the name of the group there is there will be a link in the show notes so you can just follow that link that's probably the easiest way to do it um, correct we also started an instagram account which holly was talking about before and that is the underscore middle underscore podcast so when yeah. you take a screenshot on your phone of this episode to share with all your friends please tag the middle podcast and then we can share it on that instagram Hell to the, yeah. So, yeah. ep two, George. Done. Skis. Done. Are you going to, are you going to, um, can you please, I'm putting you on the spot, but can you please give us an exit jingle? Oh, wait, Holly, before we go, can I, yeah. can I do a shameless plug of something? <laughs> can you please plug, plug away, and I'm going to think about a jingle while you plug. Okay, so, um, my new book, Make It Happen, is hitting bookstores yes. on May 6th. Ah! And totally unplanned by me, but it actually launches on the next new moon, which is just so perfect, right? So to celebrate, I'm actually holding um, a book launch the day before it hits stores for people to attend. So it's a make it happen launch event. Um, Hell yeah. If you buy tickets, uh, you get a copy of the book and it will be signed at the event. And I'm basically running everyone through the principles of the book, how to manifest the life of your dreams. And we, we dive deep into some of those concepts. So it's a workshop around manifestation. It will be on the Taurus New Moon and I would love you all to join me. It's in Sydney on May 5 and I'm going to put the link in the show notes to that event because I'd love you guys to be there. I am so proud of you. You're like goals right now, girl. You're signing <laughs> books. You're hosting book launches. Like, oh, my God. Hell, yeah, guys. Get on that. I'm coming. Thank you. I'm coming. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Okay, jingle. So, I, yeah, but it's so much pressure, George. Like, I'm better when I'm unplanned. Okay. Um, thank you for listening. I was going to say watching, but you're not really watching us. Thank you for listening to The Middle. We'll catch you next week week that was so bad i'm gonna work on that for the next week it's fine <laughs>